Evening all and welcome to the Eddie Davies Suite Podcast, episode 47. That's right, we've sold our soul. It's part of the, one of the conditions of sale that we changed our name in the podcast as well. I, I'm joined tonight by Liam and I'm joined tonight by Dan. Lads, how are you doing? Well, I was doing alright until about the 93rd minute yesterday and ever since it's just been a fucking slow series of depression. But I'm mm. alright then. Not good, is it? Liam, you alright, Chief? Yeah, I sound a bit chirpy than Dan, to be honest, but yeah, I'm, I'm okay. Um, not Dude. looking for, well, obviously by the time this goes out, the news will be out, won't it? Oh so, man, I can't even fucking deal with tomorrow. I'll either be in a great mood or a terrible mood, so we might have to do it twice just to see how it goes. <laughs> yeah, there might be an emergency podcast tomorrow night then, shall we say. We'll, we'll see how we get on with that. I know, reaction yeah, me. definitely, even if it's just a 15-minute job. I know I'm out all afternoon tomorrow with work, so I won't even have a chance to check my phone, so that's maybe not a bad bad way to check it out you see then to, to come back into it blind and not have to be mm. subjected to the histrionics and the the know-it-all tweets and, and this that and everything that goes with it but that's supporting Bolton Wanderers in 2016 let's hope that as we move into the latter part of 2016 uh, we can finally talk a little bit about football so that's why we're here right so let's go straight on to the first segment which is talking about yesterday's game um yesterday being Saturday one all at home to QPR um Liam do you want to give us your rundown on what you thought of the game and, and general thoughts in any kind of direction? Feel free to uh, to go on as many tangents as you see fit. I felt strange going into yesterday's game because with what's happening on Monday, as much as it could have been a real turning point for us, come Monday it might it might be completely irrelevant. So I think it's mm. a very strange one for the bottom players to go into. Obviously, they can only control the matters on the pitch, and but it's just a really strange one to go into. But having said that. You know, there was a lot of positives. Obviously, it's a bit of a sickener when you concede like that. And um, I've been a, someone who's doubted Ben Amos right from the off, really, and from distance. I don't think we've had a weaker keeper for, for some time. However, at the time when we lose Bogdan and Lonergan, there weren't really much choice, was there, in terms of who we got in? Um, for no, the and there's, there's, I'm putting something in my five things tomorrow about the absence of any sort of substantial challenge to him as well. Maybe not uh, being. I was going to do a piece not being, that, actually. Not, yeah, well, feel free to. I mean, I've only mentioned it in a paragraph or two. Um, but do you think there's any, any mileage in that, Liam? Um, the fact that Amos is our number one, clear number one, um, and Rachubka is, is neither in nor there, really? Yeah, of course there is. The, the, I, you can't... The, we've always had competition in that area. Uh, every team should have it. I'm not someone who believes in a number one goalkeeper and a number two goalkeeper. You, you should have two competitive goalkeepers at your club. There's enough games in a season for them to both be content and both get chances through it you know particularly with finger injuries when you're playing twice a week that sort of thing it's um i don't think that's the problem i don't think he's up to it well I amos think... was really good last year when he had competition with vonnegan and bogdan so i think, yeah. I just think there is a lot of substance to that theory, actually. i think it's, it stimulates each other doesn't it to to, to to strive a bit harder i'm going to cite ali alhabsi and, and yossi as well as being another one where they've had a, a decent backup and sometimes it can propel the the, the, the wearer of the number one shirt it's a great thing I, I think they're touching on what Dan said about how he was at the end of last season. It's difficult to judge a goalkeeper, I think, off such a short amount of time. I think it was about two or three months. Goalkeepers see five, ten minutes of action per game. You're not necessarily judging them off a prolonged period until you've had them in net six, seven months. You start to understand how where the weaknesses in the game are. It's very difficult to judge. So I don't. I think we may have been lulled into a false sense of security by the end of last last year. Well, it's funny because he's he's only twenty five, is he twenty six, something like that? 
You know, the lad's mm-hmm. not necessarily had a, uh, a long career for us to even understand what he's like in, in his in his general play because before us, I bet he's not played 30 games at the top level, at any level. Um, so, yeah, I think I think you're totally right on that one. Um, what about the rest of the game? I mean, obviously, Clough had his wonder goal. Before I um, do move we'll on, go... Chris, no, yeah. are you starting to doubt Amos now? Because me and you were both, like, even despite a lot of mistakes he's made, we were, like, both very much defenders of him. Yeah, but I still rate him. Again and... Yeah, I, I, I still rate him definitely, Dan. But I think you've got to—you know—there's not much else you can do but trust the evidence of your own eyes. And we see him making these mistakes every week. It me seems and you like now. Didn't agree on a lot of the ratings that you did, mm. but I had when I made my notes of it because I thought I was doing it. But you know, scheduling and whatnot. <laughs> um, I had Amos down for a zero as well because it doesn't mm. matter how good he was before. Costing us it like really that. doesn't. It really doesn't, and so yeah. What I just said, then I would I would say that that I do still rate him. I do still think there's a good goalkeeper in there somewhere, but you know we can't afford to have these sort of mistakes. I'm going to say in my article tomorrow. I'm I'm revealing all my best material here. I don't think he gets much protection from his midfield or defence, but that isn't doesn't mean that he can't stop a ball that's struck at him from you know with plenty of time to adjust and then react. But but still have it go underneath your grasp. From distance, I don't get. Is yeah. it such a fucking weird thing for keepers to have? Like, and I didn't know. I didn't know if yesterday it was something to perhaps do with his concentration because he had hardly anything nothing. to do. And apparently, QPR had four shots in that game. And did they fuck? I cannot remember one shot they had apart from the no. last one. Same, same. So, so I wonder whether the concentration's an issue or whether it's yeah. complacency being number one. I don't know, but I still rate him and I still think there's a good goalie in there. But I think he needs to book his ideas up. Mm-hmm. Um, but on that uh, on that bombshell, we'll just quickly nip back to Liam just for his closing thoughts on the match before we end up going through the the team and sort of giving our individual thoughts on each player, Liam. It's just disappointing, isn't it? It, it completely mm-hmm. knocks. It just knocks all the wind out of the stomach. I mean, I think at one point, if we'd have held on, was it four points would have been off safety we'd have again? Twenty second, which was highest we've been in like four months. And yeah. just how much of a lift would that have been for a lot of people? Yeah. Beating a team, to be fair, that have got a lot of quality in the side and could beat them with the man for man all over the pitch. As far as I was concerned, so yeah. It was sickening, really. We were better than QPR. We should have won that. It's a fucking... It's disastrous that we didn't really. As I think that's us away now. Even the, whatever the result of tomorrow may be, I think we needed to win that game. With the run of four games we've got coming up now, five games even, we're going to be stranded by the time we play Bristol City at the end of March. It's gone now, I think. Sadly. Yeah, I, I agree totally. I mean, Dan, from your own perspective there, the uh, the performance the the standout players I know you've you've given for some fucking bizarre bizarre reason <laughs> you're giving Prattley you're giving Prattley man of the match but we'll come to that later on um, but but what were your thoughts on the game in general I thought we did well I I thought it wasn't exactly a fucking good performance of like attacking skill or vigor or anything but I thought I thought the likes of Spearing Prattley Moxie until the end um, holding again it's all the fight was uh, prevalent and, you know, that's all we've been asking for over the last, you know, however many months. Like, as long as just show some fight, that's all we need to know, just to have a little heart or something. But And they showed that, they showed that in abundance and, you know, fucking wonder goal from Clough, but it just wasn't enough, really, was it? No, I think that sums up the entire thing, doesn't it? The, the lost opportunity, and like Lennon said, uh, back to what Liam said as well, it felt like a defeat coming home, you know, you were every, every five or six out of Ten that you might have given to a player suddenly drops down by three or four or five points because mm-hmm. it is su- it is such a kick in the bollocks, isn't it? In the last yeah. minute like that, especially to have defended moderately well yeah. by our standards, just to, to, to like, throw it away so just sloppily. Look we look comfortable. 
Like, you don't get set yeah. off with Bolton. We just look comfortable all game. They didn't worry us or anything. We fought really well. No, we were on them all the time. They weren't given any time on the ball. We fucking harried them like little Jack Russells, and then just to fucking throw it away at the end like that. It's fucking heartbreaking. Mm. It I is, and it's all too an all too familiar feeling. I think, boys, with it, I think over the last month and a half we have turned a corner. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we, we, I'm not saying that we're you know we're well, a strong. We're in our best like, form of the season, I think aren't we? We're in the top it... ten in the farm table, or something. Yeah, I mean, there's no getting away from that. Last last seven or eight games, I've. You know, it, we, maybe we've won three, have we? Something like that, and two, drawn two, something two, like that. One, two, drawn two, lost one, and that was mm-hmm. against Brighton. Yeah, and mm-hmm. like I said, that Brighton game was we were brilliant as well. Mm-hmm. So we've definitely turned a corner. It's too late. It? I don't know if it's too late. I don't necessarily buy into that. Obviously, depending. No, I agree. I don't think it's ever too late until it's mathematically too late. Oh, right. yes, but... That's my view. I, I, people have been far worse off than us and stayed up in yeah. every. The fixture list has just been a right cunt to us, and we've literally our next five games, and we'll preview two of them later. Is Birmingham, Burnley, Leeds, Ipswich, Preston, and all of them could easily beat us. Tell you what, I didn't realise just how well Preston yeah, were doing. They're, they're about six, six, tenth. six or seven points off the playoffs or something they're like that. They're third in the farm table. They're doing absolutely mm-hmm. great. They've not even had Beckford all season. He was their like best sure. striker last year. Who, Very thank interesting. Fuck, thank fuck he won't be fit for the game at the macro now because <coughs> we all know what would be happening <laughs> too right well I'll tell you what we'll do let's just go through the player ratings um, and you can give me your opinion Your give me your own rating as well had you been writing that particular piece I'll give I'll you mine we'll start... yeah feel free feel free we'll come to Liam first and in that case I gave Amos a zero um, and that was probably because his mistake in the last minute just did away with any positive work that he did before that Liam think that's fair and what score would you have given him I think that's fair <laughs> to be honest, well, I mean, I mean, what can I mean? What can you rate really when that happens in the ninety-third minute? It doesn't matter, does it? What he got? The fact is, no. he cost us the game, so um, it doesn't matter. He was shit. So, sorry. Agree totally, Dan. Yep, same. Yep, exactly what I'd have given him zero. Doesn't matter. He was com- he was fairly comfortable in everything he did before that. Literally had to do, but it's fucking irrelevant when you do that in the end. Agree completely. I also uh, I gave Josh. Now they got a bit of heat for this. I no, gave Josh a zero as well. I thought it was his it was his worst game for Bolton by a long stretch. He looked really, really weak. He was yep. um, knocked off the ball easily. Um, seems to have a bit of a weird block in that he won't use his left foot either, which causes him to sort of cut back inside sometimes and and halt attacks or, or halt any sort of forward momentum. Liam, is is that fair? And what score would you have given Josh? I think that's fair. Oh, I don't think zero is fair, but I think a lower end of the scale is fair. I think it's been a very poor season for Josh Vella as a toll. Um, far more disappointing performances than there have been good ones I was strongly arguing early in the year that moving him back to right back was the best thing that could happen for him but mm. it's, it's gone what was there is gone I'm, I'm really concerned yeah. about his development now I, I'm not surprised he managed to keep hold of Josh Villa because I don't understand who would have come in for him with no, he's, got, he's got youth on his side but he's not got a form or any sort of headlines or anything like that has he really no it's a bit concerning he's it's, it's, it's really sort of um, He's really hit a glass ceiling in terms of his development this last 18 months or so. Really, really it's, it's a difficult time for Josh. He needs to he needs to sort it out because he, his career is right on that point where it could go one way or another. And he's not he's not pulling his weight at the moment. No, he's not. Um, Dan, do you think that we could have an alternative? Someone like Laurie Wilson, perhaps? A right-back would be good, wouldn't it? Mm, but, yeah. I, I agree with you on the Vela front. Again, I think zero was... I think the use of the zero was a bit of a... Uh, you know, just 
taking the piss for get some fun in the article, shall we say, Christopher? Uh, I, I, I resemble that remark, and I feel appalled that you would even suggest that I would <laughs> I would go down that particular route. Speaking of which, let's move on to the next oh, play. Oh, oh, I need to see. Well, 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 yeah, go on. He, I agree. He's, he, I don't think he was too bad, like defensively, but he was never like positionally wise. And when I think whoever was on the left, Hoyler or whatever, tried getting him, he, they no one. It's either they were shit or you know, or he was good. But they didn't have anything on him going down his side. But on the ball, he was really weak and really wasteful with it. Yeah, very poor. I thought. I think I had three or four as is written. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, uh, on the topic of, of giving ratings just for ratings' sake, let's go on to Dorian DeVito. I gave a fucking zero to him again. Mm. Um, for those that haven't read the article, and, and I don't know who wouldn't have done because it was absolutely solid gold, um, I gave DeVito zero because I've actually got a new game, DeVito. It's not the old bungee, jump, bungee rope on, a, on, his, on his foot attached to the ball. Now, you've got to imagine and pretend that DeVito doesn't know the stronger foot of the player that he's passing to. Because you watch DeVito every time... If your player's right-footed, DeVito will pass it to his left. If he's left-footed, he'll pass it to his right. Um, his distribution was pathetic. Um, the number of times he just twatted the ball out of nowhere was... <laughs> twatted it was, with his knee. <laughs> yeah. It, it, was Matt, it was Matt Mills-esque. It really was. It was atrocious. Um, but, but, Dan, how do you think that, uh, that compares to your own thoughts on his See, game? See, this is weird, because I actually thought DeVito was doing all right for his standards. Like, despite him continuously trying to twat it, it was actually going to people for a change apart from that time he needed it. And I, he never... he came, The only time he started coming out was when that big fucking bastard was put on. Mm. Apart from that, because they didn't really have anything up front at all, he was quite... He was settled. He wasn't moving out of his back line. So I thought he was... For his standards, I thought he was all right. And I think I gave him about 5.5 or something like that. I thought he was one of his better games this season, actually. Okay, Liam? I sort of agree with you both at the same time, to be honest. I... I think he was better, and I think he's quite unlucky that we're not sitting here discussing the fact that he kept a clean sheet, which for obviously, yeah. you know, that's his currency at the back. You know, he's very close to doing that. But having said that, you know, the basics are what is floundering. It's just, like you say, Chris, about passing to the players on the wrong foot mm-hmm. every single time. And it's it's a bit, you're sitting there thinking, what's going through your mind here, mate? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, he was quite a non-event yesterday. He didn't get pulled out as not often as he normally would. He seemed, like Dan said, a little bit more settled. And it was okay. It was okay. That's, that's See, all I said, really. That's both, both perfectly reasonable views, and I'm glad we're on the same page. Now, there's a new... When I take over the world, and I take over the FA, there's two things I'm going to bring in. One is the immediate two-match ban for lying, when the ball goes <laughs> yeah. off your leg and you appeal for a throw, and that's the first one. Uh, the second one is going to be a game, um, a game that we're going to play, uh, where if you're a footballer, oh, what I gonna, oh, that's just completely gone out of my mind. Oh, you what was I going to say? What was I going to say? That was quite, that was quite amusing. That too. Oh. Ah, anyway, we'll crack on. We'll crack on with Dean Moxie. Dean Moxie, I gave Moxie a five. I thought he was pretty competent for the best yeah. part of the game. But again, uh, similarly with Amos, and again, you could maybe come back to me and think that I'm being a bit inconsistent in that I gave Amos a zero because the rest of his game was competent but he made one massive mistake but Moxie I still think his error was, was bad enough he could have brought Phillips down he could have yeah. he could have attacked the ball maybe done a little bit better there how do you think that be- that bears out you two yeah you should have just fucking killed him shouldn't he like broken mm-hmm. his leg into 75 different pieces <laughs> at that point in time yeah but apart from that mishap he was 
good. Moxley, solid as ever. Probably been our, along with Wheater before his injury, probably our most consistent performer this season. And you know, always gets forward well. And I think he had a big role to play in the goal as well. And obviously, as big as a role you can get with giving mm. the ball to your best player and letting him twat it in. But that's you true. Know, you know, that's true. And I've totally remembered what I was going to say. Oh, my second rule, my second rule, I'm going to bring in before we come to you, Liam, is that whenever you've got a footballer on the pitch, he makes a stupid decision. You immediately stop the game. You go to the side of the pitch where they'll be met by a fucking microphone or like a big PR system or something, and they must explain their actions. What, they the must referee? explain their action. No, the player. Fuck that. The player. Yeah. They must say. They must ex- explain their actions to the crowd. So David, <laughs> when he made those two stupid passes, will be forced to the sidelines and on the fucking microphone over the whole state stadium's PA system. He would have to explain who he was aiming at, what he was trying to do. And fucking apologise. No, That's they should, what. Like, they should have mics that is to him all the time. So he'd have to like fucking should. <laughs> explain should. themselves. Dorian, what it'd was like that? It'd be like the kangaroo court in Batman when they've got a fucking dark night and they've got to like fucking. Absolutely, get <laughs> Doctor Crane doing? on the top of the pile of bodies. Don't to explain their actions. Liam, I'm sorry for that little sojourn. Liam, your your thoughts on Moxie's game? Again. You, you both two, before you come to me, sort of summed him up. I rate Moxie. I actually strongly feel that he's the best player in our team. Probably is, yeah. Um, player of the season so far. I think he's most of us would be. I think, I think mm-hmm. we just edges it, but he's up there, definitely. Uh, I think you're wrong there, Dan. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, another good performance. But yeah, the culpability is there for the goal. I don't think quite the same amount of culpability as Amos is getting from me. But it's a shame. It's a, it's a shame, but we'll not dwell on that goal any longer than we need to. He, he was okay, Moxie could have. He'd have been a very big part of a good win, but in, in the yeah. end, a big part of a disappointing draw. Very true, very true. I gave uh, next one. I gave Jay Spear in a six. I thought his passing, his tackling. I thought that was much improved. A um, couple of long range shots that maybe might have done a bit better on, but he's getting in these positions. Oh, yeah, I think he's, he's, kicking, he's getting a bit of a goal. Fucking. Uh, he is. He's, he's well and. He's well, he's well and truly on, on line to be in line to be dropped against Burnley, I think, given his current yeah. form. Liam, you first. Yeah, it's, it's nice to see Jay Spearing sort of back to somewhat the levels that we we expect of him, the high standards yeah. of a player with a lot of potential. To be five million pound signing. Yeah, he, I mean, I've been a big critic criti- criticizer of Jay Spearing for quite a long time, and it's only because of the high standards I have of him. Um, and it's nice to see the passing come up because that's really where he struggled for the last two years or so. Um, he's he's been a real problem for us in terms of building up pressure because of essentially being wayward with his passing. But it does look snappier, it does look quicker, it does look crisper, and that probably does come with it a confidence. I think that loan he did at Blackburn last year has just done him a yeah. good. He's come back a different player. Mm. Absolutely, Dan. I'd have rated him a bit higher than you, Chris. I probably about seven. 7.5 maybe I thought just playing in that you know that gap between midfield and defence he was just fucking perilous he, get, he, I've got got the old stats up here he made um, he, he, his tackling actually surprisingly was quite his like win tackle win percentage was actually a bit low I think he got he made one two three four, he made five tackles but then he Jay Spearing 100% of his aerial duels which how the fuck it's not bad he, for a little golem type creature yeah, is it two of them against Against QPR's new multi-million pound signing, this signed from Peterborough, and then um, eight interceptions. He's, mm. he's, 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 if we're gonna stay up, he's gonna be like the steal in the midfield that we need to do it. And like you say, his passing and his shooting's coming on quite a, a lot as well. He's does look really good. He just, yeah, I think he's doing brilliant at the minute. And as you say, 
just in time for him to be fucking dropped or break his leg. Of course. Uh, On to Darren Prattley next. Now, I gave Prattley a four, which I think was quite generous on my part. Um, Prattley, energetic as ever, um, carrying the ball in areas that didn't hurt the opposition, areas that didn't really matter. Uh, When he did carry the ball, he either let go of it too late or he, he misplaced his pass. Um, athletic, yeah, fair enough, but this isn't athletics, mate, this is football. Um, and also, I just I just can't get over the fact that on the ball he's so bad. He controls it further than I can kick yeah. it. Um, in my eyes, looking at Prattley's tackle with Henry, right in front of me, I was a bit concerned that he maybe could have been sent off himself. I mean, obviously he did, Which he wasn't. One? And I've not the seen one when it all kicked off afterwards? Uh, the first one, the, you know, the one where they were all... Spearing went in for a really hard tackle. And he then, went in on Mackie, yeah, and, and you yeah. hear it, and then them two went and in them, together. Yeah, them two I went in together you. as well. It, was, it always worked out that Henry was the bad one, but I thought Prattley went in, like, trouble for Yeah, him, I mean, I saw, it was it was literally, you know, yeah, about... Yeah, we sit, like... 20 or 30 foot in front of me. To where you sit, yeah. literally right above you. Yeah, you and, so, and so I thought Prattley's leg was... was Quite high up, Henry's yeah, shin. I agree with you. Um, and I haven't seen a replay, so I, I could be I could be misremembering. Or it, was, it did happen no, very no, quick. You're right, you are right. I thought this yeah. was the very same thing. But um, you know, there you go. So practically, you know, a few a few things that he did himself. He, he could have been sent off on another day with that reaction into the, the first tackle. Um, and, and then obviously, Cal Henry is obviously an absolute animal anyway. But to give Henry's to try and wind him up throughout the game was was dangerous. And in the pushing and shoving at the end, he could have seen a yellow was another second yellow yeah. as well. Um, but we'll come to you in a sec, Dan, on your, for your thoughts on, on the whole Prattley debate. But Liam, how did you think he did? You can't, you can never criticise Prattley the the athlete. That's always going to be there. So I'm not yeah. even going to, I'm not even going to discuss that because that's a that's a given. He wouldn't be a footballer if he didn't have that. So we're not we're not going to praise him for the best. Barely a fucking footballer anyway. Well, exactly. But I think he was completely outclassed by Carl Henry. Completely. Mm. I think he was completely outclassed. Um, he, that is not his expertise going head to head with someone getting he he can't do that i've never i've never thought of him as overcoming anyone in that center midfield role no. his his strength is to make his presence felt across the pitch not to get stuck into one particular player and i just yeah he he, he was outclassed in my opinion so what what score would you have given him out of 10 uh 5 5 okay. um, Fair, yeah Nondescript, fair to middling. Yeah, exactly. You know, it, 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 it's always going to help. The legs, we miss them. We miss them when they're not there. So, you know, he can have a five, but it was disappointing. It's a disappointing five. It certainly was. Right, Daniel, <sighs> off you go. Right, I had given Patrick a man of the match because I'm not saying he was a played as in did anything well as in ability wise, but I thought it was like. Ever since he's been given captain, he's not really been the captain. If you get me, I think Spearing Davis and even Heskey have all done better than him as a captain. But against QPI, I think he really showed it. He got about the place. And I know you're going to say the Almander thing, which is a fair point. But it's I've no use. Felt from the first minute to the last, he, and as we expect him to, he was all over the place. And I thought the Carl Henry battle was fucking brilliant. And he, I thought Prattley came off the better, really, actually. You know, Carl Henry's the one who got subbed off in the end, didn't it? Because he was the one getting booked and was going to get sent off, let's be honest. I and thought when, that was pretty weak re- weak refereeing, that, you know, allowing uh, mm. allowing Henry to be substituted when giving them a, an advantage, I think, mm. as well. He should have gone, really. Mm. I think for the 
the second because he kicked off, didn't he, Henry? After literally he a moment after the ref had given him his last warning, and that ref was a fucking yeah. goon all day. But um, and when Patley gave him that shoulder bar and he sent him flying, my days! I celebrated that like a goal. It was amazing. Hmm. But um, looking at the stats now afterwards and comparing him, comparing what he did to what Spearing did, Spearing made seven more interceptions, two more tackles, more aerial. Well, I think more. Uh, not more aerial duels, but he won more, like percentage was. I think like Spearing did more, but kind of went unnoticed because he was in one area, yeah. whereas Patley was storming all over the place. I thought I thought I both thought played as well as each other. I think I gave them both sevens or seven point five, whatever. But because they epitomised that performance, which it wasn't good. It was if we had won it, it would have been a gritty, you know, steely grinding out a one nil win, wouldn't it? I thought those two epitomised that Mifos in that game, which is why I gave it to Patley. Okay, fair enough. You're wrong, but fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Mark Davies, I gave him a six. I thought he started off poorly when he asked him to play on the left. Um, as he moved a bit more into the middle, he was uh, much more influential. I think six, maybe still a little bit, maybe a point too high. Yeah, maybe in, I... in hindsight, um, he still doesn't offer enough in areas that truly matters in their penalty area, or you know, or giving through balls to the strikers, etc. Um, Dan, yeah. what do you think about that? Well, I've just. As, as you might be able to tell, I'm fucking on the stat website today. And I've just got up his passes, Davis, and there's only one pass he made. In fact, he's, he's, he didn't make one pass from outside the box into the box. And the only pass he made inside the box was away from the goal. So I think that tells you a bit about Davis, doesn't it? He's just not really being that influential in the goal mouth area, which he should be doing, wasn't he? I thought he was tired on the ball as he ever is. But, and he, he ran forward with it a bit when he needed to, but he felt like he was just more giving it to Clough and seeing what he could do with it, wouldn't it? Or Feeney. Yeah, that, I think that's exactly how, exactly how he works. Uh, Liam, how did you see Matt Davies' game? Yeah, I think Matt Davies struggles because he has to submit to Zach Clough a lot. Mm. Uh, I think you've t- just touched on that, Dan, and I think you're absolutely spot on. So I think them two in the team together, whilst obviously it's... It's what we want because the two talented footballers, they're not necessarily going to get the best at each other because of the space they both want to employ. What do you think yeah, this diamond formation? Because I'm not liking it. I want to just go back to a four-two-three-one and just get wingers out wide, midfielders in the middle, a big man up front type thing. So just fannying about with it and like we we can't we won't talk to him. We we'll talk about him in this because he didn't fucking come on. But our best player over the last few weeks has been Silver. How the fuck yeah, do you drop him? The game was the game was crying out for clubs to be it? played up. Tough to, be, tough to be played up top yeah. with support from Wellington and, and one Silver other. up front in where Thiene was maybe playing or anything mm-hmm. like that. How do you drop our best player? It's fucking beggars belief. Yeah, Dan, Dan, we've got three games in seven days, mate. You I know, know, but he's, he's, that what, was the most winnable. He's old, he can't play every single game. 21-year-old Wellington Silver can't play every game. Why? Well, yeah. three games in a week. I must say, yeah, Liam, I don't agree with that. I think at his age, I think the fact that he's not... He's not played masses and masses of football, even for us. They've seen he's injured for three months with a hamstring tear, don't forget. You know, he's got he's got games in him, and I don't see why we shouldn't use him to that full extent. Exactly. And I think just not playing him is just fucking suicidal at this point, when he's our most... He's the one player in that squad who can get the ball and fucking make some out of nothing. Well, Clough did it, Agreed. but he's more... Yeah. Well, we'll move on a bit to... quieter, isn't he? We'll move on to Zach. I thought he had a quiet game. Yeah. I gave him a seven purely because his goal got me out of my seat, head in hands. It's amazing. Man. Fuck me. I think he's got, you know, he is what he is. He's a sensational player, and I think to play him in that supporting role that he made them, he played for the majority of the game. is a little bit of a waste. I think he needs to be played up top striker, 
you know, we need to adapt the way we play to, to work around him. He showed as well. He had a couple of moments in the air where he can do he yeah. can do a job too. Um, I'd, I'd have him straight up top every single game that he's fit for. I don't know how long we've got him left, how long we can last and to enjoy him for, but uh, he's, a, he's a special player, Dan, do you think? Of course he is, and it's going to be a fucking sad, sad day when he leaves, and I don't think I can bear to think about that right now, but... Man, if that overhead kick had gone in, I think that would have been the greatest goal I've ever seen at the macro. Oh, yeah. Campos, maybe. But that was just... Yeah. Uh, Elka. But that was Absolutely just... Phenomenal. That was like Rooney-esque, but better. it was so weird because he took it and then it it went up and it looked like it was just going to sail really wide. But then it started dipping and then it looked like it was in. But then the keeper didn't think it was going in. It was going to like it... Man, it had been remarkable. and just. That's how I think Clough had three moments all game. He had the overhead kick, he had that header... And he had that goal, and that's yeah. Even if he is quiet, he's worth being in. The t- he's the luxury you need to fucking afford when you can just do, do something spontaneous like that. Like, that's why I'm saying about putting him up front because you indulge him in the quieter moments for yeah. the fact that nobody else could have scored that goal that he scored today on Saturday in our team. Um, I mean, Liam, do you think that's fair? Do you think anybody else could have could have drummed up that sort of finish out of nowhere? No, not at all. Not at all. Um, we've not had a player like that for. Quite a long time. They can do probably an Elka. That's true. Yeah. Quite similar to an Elka's goal against Arsenal, wasn't yeah. it? As in coming inside and swatting. He's he's a he's a talented boy, and he will have, providing he stays fit, a very good career because he does seem to have the attitude and he seems very grounded, doesn't he? Which helps. Um, as for in being in the support role, um, I'm not necessarily going to rule that out yet. Mm. I've not seen him play there enough to think that. Whether he can or can't play there, Chris, to be honest. Yeah. He's got enough about him in terms of creativity, I think, to maybe be more influential for other players. Mainly if Wellington was there. I think, you know, he would benefit a lot off Zach Clough dropping a little bit deeper, yeah. I think, to go beyond the fullback. I think it would work if Clough hadn't had to. If, if, say it's 4 2 3 1. Yeah, 4 2 3 1. With Clough behind a striker, but only one striker. And not two. He's not having to track back as much, is he? He's not having to do much of the work where he is in this diamond because he's in a four-man midfield, isn't he? If you get me. Yeah, I think that's fair. That's that's probably fair, to be honest. I totally agree. Totally agree. It's interesting to see how we develop. I mean, I'm I'm changing my mind slightly in my my consideration, even so as to well. We think we might we might lose him in the summer. You never know if things get sorted takeover wise, and we'll talk a bit about that in a bit. Um, I think he's he's. Level headedness could be his level headedness could be a good thing. I mean, obviously we're not going to be geared up for life in the championship, and, and in, as such, I would wouldn't be surprised or begrudge him a move at all. But mm. don't you think his development could be could be better served perhaps by another twelve months at Wanderers, even if we sell him and get him loaned back? I, I know for like a, pretty much a fact that he was not want to move away from home. Yeah, and as we've said before, because he's a very much a home boy, he still lives with his parents and that type of stuff. That's why. That's why. I re- like, and I very much agree that he's loyal to Bolton and wants to stay and help and fight and whatnot. But a big part of the reason he probably didn't move to Bristol was because he just doesn't want to move fucking six hours away, wherever it is. Mm. So I that's understandable it. for a young lad. Exactly, yeah, and it's very, very much understandable. So unless a team, you know, Burnley are probably going to get promoted. So unless a Burnley or an Everton from a Premier League team come in. I don't think he will go because I think he does love this club which no. may be naive but he just seems like the type of lad I think the same is nice. about Rob Holden as well who we missed out yeah. actually who we all oh had. yeah of course we, we all yeah. had a very solid game didn't we he was ace yeah he was ace yeah. we'll crack straight on to Feeney then in that case shall we um, I gave Feeney a five in that he didn't didn't really do a great deal did a fair bit of running around mm. 
few decent crosses in the first half yeah. that found absolutely nobody because we haven't got anyone that could read a good cross if their life depended <laughs> on it. Um, and then Lennon stuck him up front, which which meant that Feeney barely had a kick for the rest of the game. But uh, but Liam, your namesake, how do you think he got on? It's it's that idea of putting a cross in for crossing's sake, isn't it? He's, he's the most guilty of it in the world. It's Some wingers think they have this idea that if I get to the barn and put the cross in, no matter if I've looked up or not, if there's anyone there or not, it's not my fault. I've mm-hmm. done my job. <laughs> and it's childish. There's nothing wrong with just putting just your... doesn't look, does he? That's his problem. No, just put your foot on it. It drives me insane. Just putting it... And then he'll just, like, wave his arms around like he's done his bit. But, you know, the guy's on the wing because he's quick. <laughs> you can't just sprint to the byline and put it in and expect yeah. everyone to be there. It's it's really basic stuff. His best it's... one, I think he set up Clough's header from the left, I believe, which was a decent cross. But I think I thought he did all right in the game, but that was about it. Yeah, have you right, Liam? Just he's a limited player, isn't he? So when he Very does, much so. I think that's and we all just like accepted now, and it we can't hope for more because that's just who he is, isn't it? It's, it's hard to ask a lion to be a fucking goldfish, isn't it? You can't polish a turd, lads. Uh, speaking of turds, uh, Emil Heskey, I gave him a zero. Oh, um, poor Emil. What's he doing I, playing this? I believe my, my comments were along the lines of he needs to be put in, taken into a field, have a shield erected around him and have him have a bullet put in his brain, put him down humanely. It's getting embarrassing now, isn't it, Dan? I see, but he's, he's not bad when using moderation and fucking small moderation. But making him play, he played, what, 100 minutes against Brighton because of the added time. Which um then who else did we play? He started was it Leeds we played before Brian I think in the cup. I'm not sure. Let me get my Didn't go. Shit fan. No Rotherham. He played. I think he played most of the game against Rotherham till um maybe to or he's played a lot of minutes recently and, mm. and playing another fifty minutes today. It's just it's fucking near on torturous. It's like fucking old people abuse. We should get government on to Lennon because <laughs> it's just not fair on him. And he's doing all. He's, he only started because he scored against Brighton. It was a decent finish as well to be fair to him. But it's like. He can't play that much, and we all know this. So it's hard to blame him for not, you know, for not being. Very it's just good. a sad state of affairs, isn't it? It's 2016. We've got iPads that can connect to the internet anywhere, and yet we're still playing fucking Emil Heskey up front on his own. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Um, Liam, how do you think he got on? It's hard to say, isn't it? You, we've, I mean, I've said it before. You get 15 minutes of Emil. I think. Uh, I think anything after that, you're asking far too much. So, you know, he. Well, I mean, he's there, isn't he? He's there, and it's just bless him, bless him. It is what it is. It is what it is. Now, I haven't mentioned Dan's. I don't think he really did a great deal um, just, other he... than get get involved a little bit. But I'm going to talk a little bit to, to finish off this segment. I'm going to talk a little bit about Medine. When we um, say how much we're talking about Medine, are we talking about Medine? Sweet Jesus! Uh, feel free. Yeah, we'll feel free to. We'll discuss that in a minute or two. Um, yeah. But to do with the match. Sorry, I'm just rearranging myself on the sofa. Um, Medine, no. Why? What? What? What is he? What, what, what is he? What does he think he is? What does he want to be? Um, did he touch the ball? I'm not sure he did. We won't have to. We won't have to clean his kit at least anyway because he didn't get involved at all. Does he want to be involved? Does he want to be a footballer? You know, does he just want to go out and and get some hot birds or something like that? You know, I just don't get it. I, I gave him a zero and I think I was generous in giving him a zero. I, I genuinely don't think he touched the ball. Um, it's an embarrassment. His performance is an embarrassment. Trying to work it out. Try, try and work it out. Tell you how many touches he did do. Yeah, please. And but these include blocks and interceptions and stuff. I've got one, two, right, three. That must be a half-time warm-up or something. Four, that. five. 
These are like so far it's headers, blocks, clearances, interceptions. Well, that's bullshit because he's yeah, never, no, never no, won a header since he signed. He's never he since he signed for the, the club. Passing. Jesus he Christ. One, two, three, four passes, and had one shot. Jesus Christ. Li- Li- Liam, what, what are we doing with this joker up front? It's hard to like Gary Medine, isn't it? For two oh, reasons. I don't like him at all. Well, this is it. There's two reasons, I think. Number one, he's got what I'd describe as a bellend face. <laughs> he is. He's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a Saturday night in Bolton face, isn't it? Yeah, it's just a scowl, isn't it? Like a stubborn, horrible scowl that just sits on his face and... You wouldn't know if he were, what he was doing or what's going on behind them dead eyes that he has. Um, secondly, he just doesn't move, does he? He just doesn't move. He, um, I can understand anyone who questions Gary Medine's commitment. Absolutely anyone. He's impossible to defend. I've, I've once tried to defend him on Twitter just for a bit of a laugh more than anything else, just trying to wind people up the wrong way, and I couldn't do it. I ended up agreeing about five minutes in to get right. <laughs> You're right, actually, I'll take it back. Um, it's just... Uh, frustrating. Frustrating player. Frustrating player. Bit of a flat-track bully as well, because when we played against Eastley at home, he, he was all over the place, bullet mm. throwing himself around, and it was just a bit like, who is this guy, really? I can't wait for the summer when we fuck him off. Um, but yeah, uh, as Dan alluded to, we had a bit of a, a bit of a dodgy DM on Twitter before about another fallout between Lennon and Medine now. It's completely unsubstantiated, and, and I've not heard it repeated anywhere else. But fuck it, this is what we're all about. We're all about baseless gossip. Um, <laughs> Lennon supposedly um, had a little outburst in front of a few supporters at weekend in one of the executive boxes after the game. Uh, words along the lines of, Medine's just told me to fuck off. Um, now, we've all seen the video from, where was it? Who was it against? Brentford in the game, when he, Medine supposedly did that as well. He um, so is that it? yeah, he did. He totally did. Attitude again is 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 inappropriate, isn't it? It's completely ridiculous. Um, I just don't see how how he's got a future at the club, whether Lennon's in charge or not. His his, his attitude, his behaviour, his performances, and his goal return just don't justify it in in any way whatsoever. Um, all, Chris, with him, there's yeah, all there's all many certain crisis clubs that will sign him. He went to Blackpool yeah. with this horrible reputation, a team in crisis that were thinking. We've got no one else. Let's get him in. And it was uh, a bit the same with us. With our budget, it was like, let, let's get him in. Charlie yeah. Nixon. Yeah, that will not happen for him forever. He, he he is very much slipping off in terms of it because once you get labelled with that bad attitude in football, you're in trouble. You you are in trouble. Um, so I I worry about his career, but it couldn't happen to a nicer person. Yeah, fuck him. Right, well, let's let's knock this on the head now, lads. We've talked about this for bloody ages. Uh, we'll come back and we'll go through the week in news for Wanderers. So stay where you are, lads. We'll be back momentarily. Right, so everyone, welcome back to episode 47 of the Love Pod. Um, I'm back with Dan and with Liam, and we're just going to talk about the week in news for Bolton Wanderers. Um, so we know that tomorrow, Monday, as you're probably listening to this, perhaps is going to be the day that all the, might the financial... Be might all be that we might not might, exist yeah. by the time you fucking listen to this. So you in know, which case, I'll be in a depressing state of affairs. FC Wanderers have bolted. Liam, who are you going to support when Bolton goes out of business? We've done this I... already and I got bad for it. This is where everything started. <laughs> uh, I think I'll stick with Celtic. Um, in, in time, I might learn to accept an English team, but I think I'll just uh, stick with Celtic for the time being. Dan, do you think Mourinho's the answer? Do you think Mourinho's the answer, Dan? Calls. Do you think Mourinho's the answer? I'll say Call it again a bit is. louder. <laughs> <Aberton>. <laughs> Dickhead. 
Collier is. I'm already sticking with my local team, Barcelona. I might go. <laughs> I might go with Preston North End if they continue to do well, but we'll see. But right, let's dive straight back into it. Liam, you wrote an excellent piece about the current state of affairs at Bolton Wanderers. Would you mind just giving us a, a brief rundown of your thoughts, opinions, and then uh, Dan and I will chip in with our own thoughts. Yeah, I mean, it came from the heart a little bit that earlier. I just, I've just found everything about it really frustrating. And I think the crux of the matter for me is the the clubs, the current regime of the last few years, their attitude towards communication has really sort of made this far more challenging of a period for Wanderers fans than it needs to be. It's been very difficult. So, so from that, really, a lot of other stuff sort of erupted in terms of my blind rage while I was typing. <laughs> so I ended up discussing quite a few factors off it, but essentially it came down to sort of the way in which we've been told a lot of things and, you know, we're being drip-fed information, often for the benefit of the negotiating table rather than for the enlightening the fans that really are very worried about an important part of the community. That, important part of their lives. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's, I mean... I don't think some people it's the only thing they've got yeah some people don't even realise you know the extent of what could happen to us tomorrow yeah. you know we, we could be in a very very difficult position I I don't think that's the most likely outcome but there is a possibility there that we could be wound up tomorrow yeah. and people don't under, seem to understand this because we're being drip fed information as almost to distract us with this ridiculous brinkmanship from both sides and Brinkmanship's all well and good, but when it comes more than once, it's just shit housing. What is you know? brinkmanship? Of course, it is. Explain that to me because I didn't. It's yeah, it's 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 trying to jib people, isn't it, isn't it Liam? Basically, in one word. What you're doing, what you're doing is you are deadlining and creating a real situation of urgency. When there's not to to force the other negotiating party's hand. Right, okay. So yeah, it's like if you don't if you don't accept my offer by four o'clock, I'll I'll go somewhere else. That kind of yeah. thing. When you know full well that at four o'clock you're not you're not going to go anywhere else, but yeah, you're exactly. playing the game nonetheless. Yeah, okay, okay. E- exactly. You see you see it a lot more in politics. You know you you, you see a hell of a lot of the EU summit, for example, um, Cameron negotiating terms and then putting a referendum on. That's brinkmanship. He's using that idea of the fear of leaving it to support his bid. You're putting a massive element of risk associated with what you're doing to try and push what your good idea is through. And that's what every single party involved in Bolton Wanderers just seems intent of doing. Um, I mean, today it was startling what came out about Eddie Davis's demands right at the last minute. He's threatening to throw away everything for the sake of having your name up in a placard in the stadium. It's, it's insane that he would do that. That is completely reckless and you cannot be doing that with something that means so much to some people so many people no matter how much of your own rich money you've thrown at it dead on dead on Uh, it's not yours you might own it but it's not yours no No, custodians aren't they absolute custodians only there for the the time being I wrote a piece on Friday I think it was about Eddie Davis decaying legacy and will it be you know, it's already tarnished, but will it be fucking destroyed forever this weekend, tomorrow? And, yeah, it fucking will be when he's just been such a fucking arrogant, petulant twatted doing all this type of stuff. And, you know, just fuck him. Absolutely fuck him. Doesn't, doesn't matter. No one will remember any of him for any of the good times. It'll just be for this no. period of five months, which has been nothing but fucking hell. And just, 
like waking up every morning to the next piece of just depressing fucking news and just thinking, no, having to savour every shite match you attend because it might be the last. It's horrible. And yeah, but Dan, Dan you're spot on. But the thing is, he's not the only one. Yeah. Everyone involved in it is doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like, every time a new interested party pops up, you get the words asset stripping said straight to them. Like, that's not what the club's been doing for the last three months. We've sold a horse, a car park, offices, a fucking training ground to our nearest rivals. Yeah. How are we not asset stripping already? We're yeah. practically administration already. We've got enough. We're, all we've got left is a fucking... The other training ground and the stadium. Trevor Birch, for me, is just a proxy administrator. That's all he's done. He's done. No, there's no, there's no legacy now, is there? There's no legacy whatsoever because it, it's been stripped away systematically over the last three last three months. Like you say, it's been it's been an, an abs- it's been administration in all but name and all but the points deduction. Yeah. Of course it is. Of course it is. And, and this still is still all... can't fucking sell the fucking shit all. Mm. It, there's a lot of unanswered questions, and. It just seems to... It's just endless leaking of bullshit information just to keep the fans' hopes there. Just, you know, these it's just, fans... it's, it is. It's treating the fans like idiots and they're the ones that they don't, that don't deserve it and shouldn't be treated like idiots because they feel that we can, we can be spoon-fed and we can be drip-fed bits of information and it will satisfy us because we're so loyal mm. and so stupidly loyal obviously that we'll, ours is that a bit we'll, more... then, we'll then go for it. It's bollocks. And obviously ours is a bit more drastic in the fact that our club could fucking die, but it's like similar to Liverpool and their ticket thing, and, you know, they stood up against it and they got the result they needed, and Charlton, I think, as I saw someone make the point that maybe Bolton fans, are, I think it was on Reebok Raw, which is fucking saying something when I'm going to repeat it myself, is that Bolton fans might be a bit too passive, and I think they're right, now. obviously we've got the supporters' trust, and that's, well, despite all the fucking cunts trying to spread their bullshit about it, that's making a stand of sorts for Bolton fans, but... We do seem passive. I say, oh, I say that, but then we did the quick quid thing, so we're not. Dan, I don't think we're passive. I just don't. It's apathetic. It's, ap- it's apathy. It's total apathy. It's weird. It's so weird because, like, Charlton fans, like, it's not as if Charlton have improved at all because of them, but they've done their protests. Liverpool did their protest and got their, you know, it worked, and there's stuff like that, and it's just. I don't know. I, just, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. There's no real protest that we can do. No, there's not, because what. This is Exactly, we're protesting over some something that they want as well, in theory, which yeah. is a change of ownership. Yeah. You know, we all want the same thing. But do it's, they? Because, like, do they it, want new ownership? Because, like, if you want new ownership, you just fucking sell it, don't you? You don't give a shit if they can... I don't... Like, you like you said it, like, you don't... You don't fucking make sure... You're selling your car to someone, you don't make fucking make sure they can pay the road tax, do you? It's like, I understand the safeguarding, but it's fucking killing us. I... I think the safeguarding, personally, is just to see... Stalling if they, tactics, it? Yeah, it's stalling tactics, because in that time, they're going to have to get more and more money and show that they've got more and more money. So, so don't think this is a surprise, Dan, that after months of SportsShield having to show that they've got more and more money, that one day before the dead... He suddenly devil, wants it. Yeah. He suddenly wants more money, yeah. Oh, of course. It's, it's, this, this is it. It's, it's all about the commercial transfer, and it is, it's the fans that are suffering. Yeah. Because we're not being told, but at the same time, we won't be told because Eddie Davis now, he's, he's probably going to get that, <laughs> to be honest. I'd be surprised if they don't agree to him some sort of percentage on that TV money. Yeah, yeah. swan off to some fucking Caribbean island and live out the rest of his days while we have to call it a broken club. But, this is, but he didn't, for me, it's not, it's not particularly um, um, 
an unreasonable request, but it is 24 hours before the deadline. If he'd have said this when he was wiping off the debt, I'd have gone, hey, that's, that's fair enough, that, mate. But that's not what it's been about. It's been about gathering and seeing how much money these yeah. supposed consortiums have got and then seeing that they've got the money, which you probably have done now, and then yeah. slapping them with this almost attack. Yeah. And it says everything about him that the only time in how many fucking years he actually says something, the only thing that drives him out of his fucking hole to talk to anyone is the death of his friend, well, his presumed friend and chairman. And it's just, just I can't fucking stand the man. Like I've, I've never even heard him fucking talk. He's he's not even a man to me. He's a fucking concept. But he's just <laughs> nah. Just ruin is just the fucking ghoul that's eating our corpse. Well, it is a corpse, isn't it? There's no work, no messing about with it now. We've reached a point where. This has got to happen. It's got to happen tomorrow. Mate, that was fucking it's passionate. Nonsense, that, wasn't it? July. No, it was. It was poetry, was Daniel. Beautiful. It was poetry. It's only been but... nine minutes. It felt like twenty. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Do I need to call someone and ask the name to get some like heart and respect to this fucking show? Whew. Well, I'm, I'm glad you, I'm, I'm glad you've got your juices your juices flowing because we all completely agree, don't we? That we all we have a laugh and a joke about it. But I mean, what else are we going to do on a Saturday? We're not going to do any housework or anything, are we? We need the football to survive. We yeah. can't be going watching bloody Manchester United every single week. Oh, yeah, um, I, I just hope that the that whatever comes out of it tomorrow is that is that it's it is done with a long term in mind. And Sports Shield, whoever, you know, let's not um, quibble about who it's going to be. The time came when Tamraz was involved allegedly. Um, Roger, what was this? Not the new fucking revelation about his thing today. He wants oh, he been arrested deposit again? back or something. If I think Nixon reported it, he wants his deposit. He wanted his deposit back if anything went wrong or something, which is you not. Know, that's not what a fucking deposit is. Yeah, like the, unless they've the ever changed the concept yeah. of a deposit in the last few the minutes. Cheapest billionaire in the fucking world, this guy. I'm, mm. I'm, to be fair, I'm quite. No matter what happens, I'm glad we're not going down that route because that stinks of what Agree. I've reports. Agree. I was all over the old eccentric billionaire route. After all, we've tried a local fan that didn't really come to anything. But I think you're right. I think that's bo- yeah. more born out of the fact that I'm absolutely sick to the back teeth of all this takeover shite. Yeah, aren't we all, man? Aren't we all? Aren't we all? Um, I mean, Liam, just to finish off your article, like I said, was uh, it was very interesting and it, and it, it definitely resonated with me. Do you think that uh, it's going to come out in our favour tomorrow or, or do you have any sort of indication or even, you know, your gut yeah. feeling? What could happen? Like, so, like, can we lay it out? What's the scenarios? What's best case, worst case? What, what we're it's, actually contesting? It's tricky, Dan, because in truth, we don't know an awful lot. Exactly. Which is the problem, isn't it? Yeah. Um, as far as I can see it, and I might be wrong, I'm no accountant, but as far as I can see it, there's three possibilities tomorrow. Number one, the worst case scenario is we get wound up, um, which will obviously have quite significant effects for the day-to-day element of the club and um, would involve point deductions. Secondly, um, the best case scenario is that we're all sat here morning, but the deal was concluded over the weekend, but is going to be announced first thing on Monday morning, adjourning the court case because all of a sudden mm. we can all this debt. I think that's that's option two, and I, I think that's equally as unlikely. And it is, my, it is option three, I think. We have an, a certain amount of money through the assets that we have sold, come to an agreement in terms of repayment of the tax date, and then take voluntary administration to freeze other debt that we may have to survive the end of the season. That's that's my understanding of what can happen See, to other. I've Before we go on to your, like what you think will happen... I saw we give Nixon, well, you, Manning, give Nixon, Nixon a lot of stick, and potentially rightfully so. But he, surprisingly, he does seem like he gives a shit about Bolton as well in some way. From the just football, and he was tweeting earlier I saw about 
how it's become like a farce or whatever, how we've still not paid off this debt despite the sale of the car park and the training ground and whatnot, and it's, we're still stalling and actually paying it. Like, why, Liam? Like, is that right or what? Like, why the fuck are we just paying this fucking bill? Because we might as well wait till the last minute that we have to pay it. Yeah. Um, I don't pay my uh, gas bill until they came send me at least two reminders. Yeah, from a from a co- commercial perspective, cash is king, and if you've got money in the bank, it means that if something should happen, that you're in a position to do it. Now, there's probably nothing worse from a business perspective than the taxman because he will he will shut you down. So He's got the power, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. That's number one. Staff staff wages and HMRC are the big two, really, when it comes to comes to debtors. So I imagine we're just stalling for stalling's sake, but we'll probably go with our tail between our legs saying, there you go, Mr. Taxman, here's your money. But again, I don't know that because I don't know we've got it. Um, we don't know an awful lot. So Very true, very true. It's got a feeling tomorrow. It's concerning. Voluntary, voluntary admin is, is my gut feeling. Which we've been, right, so. been, as we said, we've basically been in fucking for four months anyway. Yeah, it's not like we can. It's not like things can get any worse, is it? Let's be honest with you. This is it. This is this is it. It's a. I think it's something that they've always had as a backup plan because of the financial benefits of administration, and they are, they they are vast. So, as far as I could see it, and indications from some of our uh, other writers like Mark Isles, I think he question the sale of the training ground and what that money was going to be used for it, it's not, it costs money to go into administration, quite a bit yeah. of to go into administration that's actually news we didn't put on the um, agenda in it, that we sold the training ground to Wigan, like, it's funny that's Wigan's biggest signing, like, but um, they seem to be quite reckless with their own money, but I'm not going to, it's, it's weird isn't it people in I think it's Dave Whelan's Dave Whelan's offshore bank account rather than Wigan Athletic Football Club per se you know yeah, it's a bit weird, isn't it? You know, they, they, they yeah, But anyway, I'm, I'm not going to worry about about them. They're they're, they're on the up. Let's worry about yeah, us. It's quite depressing, isn't it? Exactly. It is. I'm hoping we have to avoid five, that Wigan fan at work. Anyway, within five seconds, they they scored a winner in the last minute against the team above them, the only team above them, and we conceded. Fucking, I can't deal with this. I'm going to have to like media blackout once this fucking. Hmm. I'm just glad we didn't put our foot in it, like really rub it in the fact they got relegated and so on, oh, you know. Mark Arles has actually been tweeting in the last 20 minutes. Oh, yeah, says, go on. As things stand, BWFC will look for seven-day adjournment and strength of deal being close. If courts say no, it'll be two-hour adjournment and admin. Lot of Lots of work done today getting paperwork to a certain stage. Hopes high, it's enough to warrant extra time. Only courts can decide. Deal appears close, but when we've been here before, but but we've but then we've been here before. My concern is that some people pushing for admin. Question is why board still silent. Do you want to talk about your tweet? You just what you just tweeted, Chris, or do you want to save that for libelous reasons on this? Here no, not at all. I mean, it's 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 from what we've been told many times. I don't even know if we've mentioned it in here, but we mentioned it in post certainly about the, a couple of board members who are maybe not working for the club's best interest, working for their own. Um, you know, it's out there and it's out there to be seen and it's out there to be seen whether it comes to pass or not. But what we've been told, uh, Richard G and Anthony Massey, the two board members who were working with administration in mind because it benefits them personally and financially as well, which is pretty pretty damning when they're supposed to be on the inside working for the club's best interest as well. It remains to be seen whether that's true or not. I'm only repeating what I've been told and, and I'll, uh, 
I'll reserve the right to withdraw anything if it turns out not to be think, not to be the case. I think it's a sad state of affairs if it is the case, Liam. Go on. I think at this stage, Chris, it's important to put out that for the long term future of the club, admin may be a good thing. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure. Survival. I'm not sure. I totally, totally agree. But sorry, please, please continue. From a, from a commercial aspect, um, particularly when we're getting so many people knocking on our door, what I did find interesting recently that didn't necessarily line up with anything that we've been doing over the last few months, really, is that I saw we paid off an outstanding bank loan on the hotel. It's actually gone. Yeah. From that west, yeah, we paid that off, and I found that very, very strange. Of all the things. Considering administration would, um, well, it'd have good implications on that sort of debt. So it was a bit, it was a bit of a weird one, really. It's, it's again, you know, when we talk about individual board members, I'm not going to necessarily get dragged into that kind of conversation. But it's just an, it's just again, what time is it now? On Sunday night, the night before, half ten now we on, and this sort of stuff's mm-hmm. leaking out now. It's just. That communication aspect, it's just ridiculous. People are going to be worrying about this now. I mean, not me personally. I've got like other things, like an actual job to worry about. But some other people will be worrying about this kind of shit now. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's terrible, really. Well, we'll be up 29th. We're 29th in the list tomorrow at the court, which will be about half 10. So that's when our fate will be decided. And in fact, sneakily, at number 47 on the court, they Ipswich Town are in the court. So... Oh, we might not be the only ones in a bit of bother, but they've kept it on the down low a little bit, haven't they? Ah, that's well, Maybe we could learn a lesson from them about airing all our dirty laundry in public, then. Mm-hmm. Really? We don't seem to have that sort of filter, do we, at Bolton? We, everything no. comes out, everything comes everything out in the, the wash. Way possible. Literally we definitely everything. do. We definitely do. Right, so it's going to be an interesting day tomorrow, an interesting morning. Um... Who knows what it, what it will be. When all this will be irrelevant, but you'll listen to us blather on. And, and if we've hit some sort of uh, if we've hit some sort of gold mine of information in there somewhere, at least we can look back and say, yeah, I was right. Look, I said it here even before it all came on. And if it's wrong, then we don't know because the world changes at a rapid pace. But let's hope it all comes out for our benefit. Um, there's not much chance of that, I don't think. Um, but, you know, we, we, sort of, we, we sort of rattle on, see what we can do. Um, okay, well, moving on to the final thing in the week. Um, I noticed a comment from Jack Wilshire. I don't know if anyone else has seen that. Yeah. Um, he was interviewed on some fucking. Oh, oh have you ever watched that program, no, the Robbie Savage program? Jesus One of the Christ! Wanks in football. If you thought Soccer AM was proper lowest common denominator <laughs> thing for for fans who 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 like Vance and and Lolling and so on, this is even worse. This Fletching Sav show. Uh, Wilshire said he was great at Bolton. It wasn't the finishing school because I was still young, but it made me grow up and realise what it took to play in the Premier League. I'd had enough of playing in the reserves at Arsenal, and I said to Arsene Wenger, look, I want to play. He said, OK, you've got three options, West Ham, Hull and Bolton. Um, he took recommendations from one of his teammates, and he eventually chose Wanderers. Um, Coyle played me, and it made me grow up. I was playing with Kevin Davies and big players. It wasn't about developing, and all of a sudden we had to win week in and week out. So Wilshire's speaking highly of his time at Bolton now. I remember him as a tigerish little player. He was belied his size. He'd jump into the most, you know, Best 60, 40 tackles that he could find and, and still won. I mean, I think he, it's arguable that he did. He played most consistently. Only a dozen or so games, scoring an excellent goal away at West Ham. I remember yeah. that was a good day out. Um, but what are your memories, um, Dan, first of all, of Wilshire? I mean, when he, when he signed for us, do you yeah. think he was the... He was going to be something going to the future. Do you think he's fulfilled his potential at all? No. no. I mean, he's 20, is he 20, 24? 22, I think 23, he's 20, I think. 22. He's only, he's only played 100 games or 
So it's a shame with his injuries, I think. But the thing is, when he was at Bolton's, the only time I've ever liked him because ever, ever since he's been back to Arsenal, but he was good in his first season for Arsenal. And look, you look like he's getting head down. Look, he's really going to push on and be the next big thing for England. But um, he's turned into a dickhead, didn't he? Really, just like you know, yeah, I'll just you know, I don't need to repeat all the stuff that you know that's come out about him and whatnot. But he just seems like a bit of a child. And obviously, the injuries haven't helped. And it's just a shame. Like I said, I think without injury and stuff, his most consistent time of play was at Bolton. He was. He was very good then. He, was, he never played in the middle. He was more on the left, if I remember. Like it was more like a inside left type thing, like because he didn't play particularly wide players. Like, but he was he was on the left because Moamba and um, maybe Date, like some other shite midfielder we had in that season, was in the middle, and he was pretty good. Yeah, I remember him quite fondly, and you know he was like the start of us getting a few decent players on loan. Down that led to. People thinking we were at finishing school. That's why we got Sturridge and stuff like that. And it's it's a shame of his career. I do hope he kicks on eventually, but I don't particularly like him anymore because he just looks, you know, because he plays for Arsenal, really. So yeah, what do you think about Wilshire Liam? Top player, in my opinion. Just a shame, isn't it, about the the injuries? I think I think there's a few attitude issues. Probably stuff that we've touched on with other players yeah. on this today. Not necessarily to that extreme. I think the social aspect, I think, is what hinders Jack Wilshere, but he's still, you know, he's still a young lad, relatively, isn't he? Yeah. So, but I think, like, you know, there's pictures of him smoking more than one occasion on nights out, and you just, you sit in there thinking, you know, 24 he is. Yeah, yeah, he's 24, you know so what he's, I mean? He's, he's, he made, so he's been in football six years now, and he's, like I said, he's played 100 times for Arsenal, played 14 times for Bolton, 22, 28 times for England, so... 100, just shy of 150 appearances in six years. It's better than Matt Davis, but you'd have thought more, wouldn't you? Well, this is it. I mean, some players unfortunately... Matt Davis-esque. <laughs> some players unfortunately have the uh, the curse, don't they, when it comes to injuries, and there's not really much you can do for it. They, they, they will get managed, and he seems to be that type, and you know it'll probably be a constant throughout his whole career. I can't see that changing anytime soon, so I imagine Jack Wilshire will have a very, very good career, but not necessarily the career that when he was at Bolton, perhaps he was promised. Well, is it four or five years ago now he had that game against Barcelona where he, he, he was the man of the match, wasn't he? Again, when Ibrahimovic scored that two-apiece game, they had it at Arsenal when he played him in the Champions League. Uh, but he's not kicked on since then, has he? This is it. Every time he gets a decent run, he's, he's, um, he's out the... Well, not out the team through choice because I think Wenger very much fancies him um, as yeah. a footballer, of course. Um, you know, and obviously that's happened, but... I suppose if he needs any sort of motivation, he just needs to look at his mate Aaron Ramsey, someone who obviously had a very serious injury. It took him a good couple of years to get back to those sorts of performance levels. And then, you know, he's a very, very important part of that Arsenal team now. So perhaps there is a way back in, in terms of a long longevity. He'll have a very good career, though. I agree, I agree. And we'll, we'll close it there. Um, nice little talk about someone from the glory days of the past. Uh, we wish him all the best, and I'm really looking forward to his lot getting absolutely stuffed on Tuesday Man, night. Remember when we thought so, those seasons were bad, though? Like, remember when we thought, oh, uh, oh yeah. I, I'm, I'm well documented, as I've been said, in many different places on the internet. This is a lesson for kids not to say things online because it comes back and bites you on the arse. The relegation wouldn't be the end of the world. You know, We'd go back down to the championship, we'd have a couple of years there, regroup. Win the league, come back up and be all the stronger for it. Well, well yeah, look yeah, what happened. Be careful. And people, be are careful. Saying, people are close to saying that again this year. It's like, yeah. we go down, we're not coming back for a while. And I'm exactly. Because League One is shit. 
Exactly. Be careful what you wish for. Okay, so stay where you are, listeners. We're going to talk in a minute about Birmingham and Burnley games. Uh, we won't be too long on that one because what is the, to- you know, the, the football is a sideshow compared to the financial mess, isn't it, at this minute? So bear with us. We'll be back after this short break. Welcome back to the third segment of Love Pod 47. I'm still Chris, he's still Dan, he's still Liam. Um, we're going to talk about our upcoming games against Birmingham and against Burnley. Um, Burnley Brian, uh, Birmingham, sorry, being Tuesday, Burnley being at home on Saturday. So Birmingham first. Birmingham tonight find themselves in eighth position on 48 points, uh, which is almost double the number of points that we've got, given the fact that they appointed their manager, I think, on the same day we appointed Lennon. Um, and then we play Burnley on 59, so Burnley in second place at this minute in time. Um, two games that are going to be very, very difficult given our recent, despite our recent improvement, sorry, uh, but difficult nonetheless. Um, Dan, I'll come to you first. Yeah. Birmingham and then Burnley, give us your thoughts. Um, do you think it's time that we, we gave up the ghost? I mean, as we are, what, we are six points off with 14 games to play. When do you draw the line and start giving Tom Walker a game? When do you draw the line and start giving ah, Alex, Alex Finney a game, blah, blah, blah? You, let us know what you think. That's actually a good point. That I've not really considered it, but and thank you, we should, thank you. We should, you know, we should be doing that at some point or another, getting bled in for next year when they are you know, undoubtedly going to be this band of that team. But it doesn't seem like Lennon's up for doing that, and he shouldn't do it yet. To be fair, there is, despite me thinking like convinced we don't know because it is the games in like the Brightons, the QPRs, the two twos against Fulham's, the games where we play well, where we have the win or do enough to win some games. The Sheffield Wednesdays as well. But you know, give our all and it's still not enough. They're the games that just deflate you the most because they're just the ones that show that you're not good enough to stay in the league. And that's probably true. I still think, even though there's what, six points adrift now, six or seven points adrift, I think it is six, I think. Still bottom, of course. We're still, there's still time, there's still hope. But there's a fucking bastard run of games we've got coming up now, as I said yes. earlier. And Birmingham, first up, we usually do well at St Andrews, historically. You know, some of Bolton's greatest, well, one of the greatest moments, you know, in the cup quarter-final with Chungi happened there. Well, Chungi loved that ground, didn't he? So, we tend to do all right-ish there. So, maybe history may shine on us. And Birmingham, despite, you know, I still think they're a great team. and I think they'll very much be challenging for playoffs at the end. But they are getting unstuck a bit of recently. Of recently. Of recent. Like, they drew with Rotherham, and they were down to nine men. A couple of weeks ago, the um, I think they drew only managed to draw at the weekend as well. I'm pretty sure I'm right in saying that. I don't know. So we could get something there. They, they lost Damari Gray in the summer. I think they may have replaced him, but he's still a big player to lose in summer in January. I think we could get something there, but we don't win away. We've not won away for nearly well for over ten months now. So no, that's in the balance. And Burnley, they'll beat us comfortably. They're a great team. They'll get automatic promotion with Hull. You know they've got Premier League players in Barton. You know. Volks is a great strike. Andre Gray is the best player in the league, and you know they're gonna two 0 comfortably easy. So if we get a win at Birmingham, you no, know, we've got two games. I think if we get three points, I'll be happy. You know, one point, uh, zero points. Well, that would be what I expect really. Six points, and I fucking jump out of a window in happiness. There's Agreed fully. <laughs> Agreed fully. Liam, we've got Birmingham at first, and we've got Burnley at home. Away and in home. Um, how do you think we're going to do? We're we going to get six points. We're we going to get zero. Well, I think starting with Birmingham, they were very good when they come to the Macon, and not necessarily um, Damara Gray. I was impressed with when they played us. Yeah. It was Shinny. I thought was yeah. really difficult for us to deal with. So that's going to be a tricky game. So 
for that one, I'd probably say 4-0 Bolton. So, mm-hmm. no, I, I generally think we'll go there and give them a game. I'm hopeful for a job, but we'll probably lose it, in truth. Yep. Um, we're playing well enough to not fear anybody. I mean, I don't know what frame of mind we'll be in going into that game, but um, as it stands now, I think we would give them a game and I hope for a one-all draw, fingers crossed. As for the Burnley game, I don't care where we are in the league. I always fancy us at home. Um you know, Sean Dyche, you know, he's a very good manager, despite his voice. Um, they've got a very good Burnley team and they've, they've spent money on it to get back in the Premier League. Understandable, given the financial rewards there is for next season coming up. But, but it feels like we say that every year, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if we can get one point out of those two games, I wouldn't say I'd be happy, but I'd understand. It's tough, isn't it? Because we're at a point now where results are paramount and performances don't really matter too much, but yet we're playing what we're playing the top sort of six or seven biggest teams, most successful teams in the league over the last fifteen games. It's we've left it far too late and, and all the yeah, all the odds are, are suggesting that it's not going to be in our favour. Do you want to fix so it's going to be re- for the rest of the season? Please, please do. Let's go for it and then we'll just do a quick win win and loss, shall we? We're trying to see how many points we can work out Burn from that. Away. Lose. Draw. Burnley at home. Gonna have to say lose again. Lose. Leeds away. Well, we're away from home, aren't we? So we lose. Yeah. And we always lose against Leeds anyway. Um, Ipswich at home. Mm, might get a point there. Yeah. I don't think we have. We ever beaten Ipswich in this league? I cannot remember a single time we've beaten Ipswich. Doesn't feel like it, does it? It doesn't feel like it. Um, Liam. I'm going to say win. Uh, Preston at home. We're losing that. Embarrassingly so. Win. Top team Preston at the moment, aren't they? They're going to beat us and it's going to be fucking a ruin. Mm-hmm. Uh, nah, we'll win that one, boys. Stop worrying. No, we're not. <laughs> um, Bristol City away. They're pulling away from the relegation zone now. They're going to beat it's us. It's away, isn't it? Just, yeah. just mark all the away games down as defeats. Yeah, yeah I can't see us beat winning that one. Reading at home. Win. Tough team heading, but yeah, I agree with Liam. We do. We, we all we win the odd game at home, don't we? So yeah, let's go with a win. Brentford away. It's away, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Derby away. <laughs> yeah. Just seeing my previous answer. Middlesbrough. At home. Now they'll be going for the, they'll be going for promotion, won't they? Yeah. That'll be that. That'll be a cane in that as well. Yeah. Charlton mm. at home a week later. Six oh, 0 Bolton. Cardiff away, that's got nil nil written all over. Cardiff away, the last away game we won a year, like literally a year to the day we won it there as well. I'm pretty sure I can't get the exact date up Mm. because it's. I'm going to take those omens on board. I'm going to say defeat. (laughs) Enough. Agreed. I'm going to get it up if you spare me. I'll cut the silence out. Don't worry about it. Just, just. It's a shambles, isn't it? We've got zero chance. Um. Literally Cardiff, where is it? We well, our last away game was the last time we went away was at Cardiff, sixth of April. We played them on the twenty third of April, so it'd have been over a year. Jesus. And then our last home game of the season against Hull City. Defeat. What do you think? I think we're losing it. We're losing that one. I think we are. I think we are. I, there's no way near enough points to even get to survival now. Never mind survival in in fourteen games time. I, could see us maybe getting another what 
half a dozen points maybe. And then our last home, our last game of the season, away to Tim Williams Fulham. We'll win that. Tim Ream on goal in the last minute and I will if that keeps Jamie up, Thomas hat trick if Tim Ream on goal in the last minute keeps us up I don't know but I'll do I won't return from London I'll be finding a ditch somewhere with just fucking <laughs> all, all manner of drugs and alcohol inside me Dan, Dan you do Jamie not Thomas and Alex, Alex Sammy Zammy with hat tricks but what team any team changes you'd make for the weekend oh well Tuesday Chris yeah just drop Devit. that'll do Derek. drop Devit. you can play it Play with ten if you want, but yeah, Derek. I mean, he's here. He's on the on the three year contract. He's he's been signed from Real Madrid. I know it doesn't really mean anything at all, but when does he start trusting his signings? Because Casado didn't get much of a look in. Pizano got zero look in at all, and Derek's in and out. You know, when when does he give his when does he put faith in his own judgment in players? You have to play him at some point. I can't see Derek hanging around with if we drop into League One. So he might as well get a bit of bit of mileage out of his. Uh, his appearances for Wanderers now. Am I am I wrong? Do you think that that's the bit that's too much? Sorry, what you say? Do you think it's it's too much to ask that we start playing Derek or we start giving we him a chance we or should, that we yeah, at we least definitely should because like I said, he's probably going to still should, be why in not? next year. Absolutely. And like I said, I want mm. I don't I don't think Walker should start last year because he's been away. But I want Walker in the bench anymore. I want Samadazi and Thomas in the squad. I want Finney in the squad because yeah. they're the players who are going to be in it. Well, hopefully, of course, they're they be in next year. And I think what with this team, I'd have Silva. I think I'd go four two three one. I'd have Derek instead of Devitt. Potentially Wilson instead of Vela, but probably keep Vela because it's Vela. Prattley, I'd drop Matt Davis for Silver, and then have Prattley and Spearing in the middle. Silver at wide, Clough in the middle, then Walker on left or Feeney on right, sorry, and then probably Medina front because we've got Niles. Fair dues, fair dues. Okay, okay. Well, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll dive straight into uh, a score prediction for both games and then oh, we'll knock on with the the question of the week. So, uh, Dan, while you're on, give us a prediction for Birmingham and Burnley, please. Birmingham will beat us 1-0. Both 2-0 to the other team that isn't Bolton. Liam? Uh, no. Uh, Birmingham. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say one all. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say one all. Both games. No, not both. Uh, sorry, Burnley. <laughs> two 0 Burnley. Two 0 Burnley. Okay, fair enough. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go two one in Birmingham's favour, and we'll have a, a, a dull one nil home defeat against Burnley. So yeah, a chirpy way to bring out episode forty eight next Sunday. We'll see how those predictions got on. But let's dive straight into the Twitter question of the week before we finish up. Um, we posed the question, if you were uh, Wanderers owner Eddie Davies, what would you demand from the club, given today's news that he's demanding his name be on every single sweet door, mm-hmm. um, 10% of the future TV revenue, sponsorship details, his name on the back of shirts, blah, blah, blah. We think this is like, got, the, best, like the biggest response we've had from a question. And I think so it is. Funny. And like, the I most think varied, is. definitely the most varied. So very happy. With Twitter this. and Facebook going crackers. Oh, uh, so thank you. Well, there you go. There's your chance to have a quick look at Facebook. I'll read you the Twitter ones now. Um, some really good responses as well. well. We'll take the time to go through them because you've taken the time to write them into us. So let's do that. And I'll come to you guys both at the end and we'll see what you think. But Michael Murray at Mervin the Panda said he would uh, insist that his face is displayed pre-match on the screen and any home supporters who don't stand and applaud are banned for life or executed. Yep, fair enough. Uh, Chris. Radish has said everyone grows a beard. Predictable. Uh, Ian Firth at Super White Smurf said, A mini-me with Tourette's installed as club spokesman. I'd like to see that. 
Uh, Chris Merrills at C Merrills BWFC, a life-size portrait of Sasa Kerchich riding atop a grizzly bear holding the head of Dave Wheel in the bag of what's it? <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful. I thought that was really good. Vladimir Plutin. Have, have you ever seen Jimmo paint it on Twitter? Like I have, he's excellent. Yeah. He's I'm, excellent. I'm, I'm going to ask him to do that, because that would be amazing. I think you should. Uh, Steve Connolly, our very own Quentin Next, had a lifetime supply of radish, a Van de Graaff generator, some glow-in-the-dark condoms, and Gillian Anderson's phone number. Hmm, I think I'd like one of those four, and it's not the first three. Alistair Sledge said, Alistair 3141, a lock of Laurie Wilson's hair. That'd be very valuable amongst LOV staff. Uh, Jamie Moss said, an image of my face in every stand made from the seats. At Matt Wood 34 says they must find the Jade Monkey before the next full moon. At Down the Manny Road says a bejeweled bust of Gareth Farrelly in the away dressing room with Welcome to Hell written above it in pink Play-Doh. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Darren Butler says anything red in colour removed from the stadium. Chris McKeon has said he could have the goalposts made as well, only he knows where to find them. At Mark Weaver, oh, I've just scrolled past that one. Matt Weaver said, any interested party takes a year to conclude a deal, and most shady will get exclusivity. <sighs> Topical, that one. At Matt Spencer says, at JJ Kotcher brought in his player manager, just plays himself, and I reckon we'd escape relegation. <laughs> Craig Monks, I'd want David tied to the tree with my back garden with a piece of rope that's not quite long enough to reach a football. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. All right, and from Facebook, shall I, before I get him, before I let you Yeah, please, answers, please do. Luke Hay says, Fucking hell. The sacrifice of a thousand goats, all named Eddie, <laughs> during half-time, providing we're in the championship or above. Failing that, if we're below championship, a thousand gerbils, but they must be named Eddie. No, not really know the fucking way you're going there. Right. Matty Averdon says, A starting position for the next three seasons wouldn't surprise me. Would probably score more than Heskey. Um, Paul Jacks... <laughs> <laughs> someone didn't really get the humour of the question <laughs> and put Paul Jackson put nothing he's had enough time to walk away <laughs> bless him um, fucking hell Oliver Norvin and I stress Mr Oliver Norvin said this half time entertainment should be Lennon getting beat by a mistress JJ <laughs> Carter I would demand that Doris, the tea lady, takes her teeth out one last time. And we won't finish that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I'm sure you can... Right. I think our Facebook page is quite a dark place. Because um, Ma- Martin Sutherland says a hand job off Sasa Churchich. <laughs> all you've got to do to see, to see the bits that Dan's censoring is just like our Facebook page and you can see all this mayhem. Jesus Christ. And finally... Caroline Kirkman Ryan says very simply free pies. <laughs> Christ alive, I nearly read that. Lady, Jesus lady after my own heart. Uh, okay, so back to the Twitter. James Peach at jpeach17 says a memorial statue erected and uses one of the corner flags, and then he's done a fantastic, um, a fantastic gift from Future Armor with Bender. Remember me yeah, as I didn't the. I realised we had so much left. I thought we were done. Oh no, oh no, we've got tons left. Phil Langsley said that he had a showing on the legend screen at half time. Uh, Dave has said fans get a pie for life. If you can't go to the game, your pie gets put on your seat till the next game. The more pies you have on your <laughs> the more pies you have on your seat, you become known as a pie stacker and therefore get banished to Wigan for life. <laughs> I really like that proposal. Bill Eaton said a statue of him outside the stadium before every game. All players 
must bow to it and praise his existence. Uh, Michael Taylor says, Eddie Davis, Dougie Friedman, and Stig Tofting, a massive trouble blue, <laughs> sand, and a massive dildo. <laughs> 12 what? hours. 12 hours, last man standing. Fuck you. BWFC viewer said, beginning of every match, the whole squad win. must chant my name as I flag with my face and it's raised <laughs> above the ground. Uh, who'd win that, though? Who'd win the Davis, Friedman, Stick Tofton, Lube, Sand battle? I don't know. That That's not a contest I want to really consider. Um, BKD is my hero on Twitter. Unlimited sachets of coffee from Bolton White's hotel for the next seven years. Tea bags included if the club managed to gain promotion to the Premier League. A bit of luxury there. Uh, Adam Horribin says that Prattley and Davita get every man of the match award as they clearly deserve it. And then to finish, this is Stephen J. Garner says forgiveness. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you all for your responses. They're all absolutely superb. And I'll come to Dan Murphy and say, Dan, if you were uh, the in charge of Bolton Wanderers, what would be the one thing that you, you would insist upon? Jesus Christ, the options. I think... I'd sign myself as a player, I'd give myself the number 10, I'd be centre-attacking midfielder, the lazy type who'd do fuck all, I'd be on free kicks and penalties, and I'd be the manager, and if anyone gave me any lip, I'd fucking sell them to China. Thank you very much. Perfect. Liam? Damn, I don't know if that was a proposal, just um, some fascism, really. Um, <laughs> okay, so. Which is really creeping in, I think, in a lot of those responses, but what I'm going to propose is Eddie Davis can give us a gift when he leaves oh and I think it's just to make sure that he takes Tony Kelly off standing golden gamble duties because <laughs> it's he's he's a bit uninspiring to be to be honest um, and <laughs> and that pie guy doing the dance afterwards oh my days never been anywhere near me and it's it's a farce that in fact that's in fact that's the biggest problem about one is at the moment because if anyone else has noticed it's always a quiet row that yeah but, Right, and it's about 17 pies as well. It's probably about 50 quid's worth. It's... Oh, yeah, it's a good point, that. Yeah, it is a good point. In fact, this, this is the biggest thing that's wrong with Bolton Wanderers at the moment, is this, this pie guy it, picking shit It needs investigating. Well, it the needs pie guy is Roger Tamra's in disguise, and he's fucking infiltrated the ranks. I'm, I'm, I'm it, convinced... It very well be. I'm convinced that it's a board member, a rogue board member, that's disillusioned <laughs> with everything. That he's causing dissent in the Bolton fans by picking shit rows for pies, and it's. Um... I remember the um, the Aston Villa FA Cup for semi final. We were sat next to the dugouts and we saw Lofty go down and take his hat off. I say that that shattered a few uh, dreams of mine. <laughs> seeing Lofty D, D saying lot seeing Lofty D head himself as a as a twelve twelve year old lad. It shattered a lot of illusions. That I tell you. Oh, what did you do, Chris? You were the. I think. Know, the I think I. I think. Yeah, I think I'd insist on um, a big Ron manager style um, fly on the wall reality TV show because anything that happens at Bolton Wanderers at this minute in time is Make is well worthy of going on, well worthy of going on telly like CSI or something like that because it's a absolute sack of bastards, aren't they? At the minute, but yeah, very interesting suggestions. I think we've got some good options there. And if uh, Sports Shield or anyone else is listening. If you want to take any of them, we claim entirely exclusive copyright. But lads, it's been a beautiful evening, and we've gone on for what just over an hour and a half tonight. But I've thoroughly enjoyed every minute of it. It's, it's been, been great. Funny, it's been passionate. Um, it's been tears. It's been laughter. It is. So if this is the last ever podcast, we'll be back next week with the the Barcelona podcast of <laughs> dreams, um, and then we'll talk about whatever standard or shape our clubs in. It could be. Yeah, we might as if, it. If business there is something... as usual it could be an adjournment we may well you're right we may well do a little something mini we're talking about we'll night. do another recording tomorrow night and stick it up yeah love pod uh, 47.5 47. Mm-hmm. Um, but Dan where can people find you this week to talk about 
whatever you want to talk As about. ever and always, till the day the internet fucking dies on itself, I am at Nabrowski. Come and say hello. Terrific. And Liam? Don't find me. I'll find you. At, at, <laughs> at Emma Davis 68, Liam O'Mara. Fantastic. <laughs> One of the many blocked Twitter pages I uh, I currently am on. <laughs> and yeah, I'm sure you absolutely deserved it also. It's been beautiful. Well, I'm at 90 Manning 83. I'm off to, to call it a night. Love uh, listening for the podcast. Like I said, every week, leave a rating on iTunes if you can. Five star preferable. Uh, keep an eye on livingasweet.com and also our Twitter accounts for any breaking news. Um, let's hope we've got a club to come back and talk about next week. Thanks for listening and we'll see you soon. Ta-da!